Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Media Sportscast. My name is Lucas, and here with me today are the best hosts in sports media, Bart, Wyatt, Jared, and Aiden. Today, we will be discussing Kyrie Irving's stance on the NBA's return, who we're rooting for when the Premier League comes back on Wednesday, and we'll be catching or trashing takes from all over the sports world. But we'll get started with a discussion of Kyrie Irving and his recent statement on the NBA's return. So this past week, Kyrie Irving and reportedly 80 other players expressed discontent at the idea of the NBA coming back amidst the pandemic and amidst um, all the protests related to the murder of George Floyd. Some players like Steven Jackson voiced support of Kyrie's statements, but others like Austin Rivers and reportedly LeBron are opposed to his plan on not coming back. So Wyatt, what are your overall thoughts on Kyrie's statements? Well, I think his points are valid uh, and remind you that it's not just Kyrie Irving's thoughts on it. He is the vice president of the Players Association. And the reason that they held the call is because there were a lot of players who felt like their voices weren't being heard. So he was, I'm sure there are his own opinion, but he was also echoing the opinions of some of the other players. And Steven Jackson himself, like you said, has echoed his the same thoughts about the, the season re- returning and that it could take away from it. But um, like I said, I think his points are valid. I don't think that there's anything wrong with not wanting to play given this point in history um, and with everything that's going on. I think that we have a real opportunity for a lot of social change, but I think it's nice to see that black athletes are recognizing their position of power because uh, Chris Broussard has said it several times on the Fox sports uh, network, but they're irreplaceable. You can't get another LeBron James. You can't get another Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson. They have a lot of power as far as holding out goes and negotiations go um, when it comes to demanding change in the country. But Avery Bradley actually put it, he said, sitting out doesn't directly fight systemic racism, but it does highlight the reality that without black athletes, the NBA would not be what it is today. And I think if that they want to hold out, Uh, I commend that, but I think that it has to go a little bit deeper than just not playing, that they have to demand change from their owners, demand change from the NBA, and ask for those people who are some of the most powerful people in the world to contribute to fighting also systemic racism and police brutality. Uh, It's it's one thing to just not be a distraction, and then it's another thing to then take it further and become part of the change. And then just real quick on the flip side, if they do choose to play, totally fine. I I am okay with that. I think that they also then still have a platform to speak on subjects. Uh, It doesn't have to just be a distraction because there is no escaping this, I would say. Players can still speak in post-game interviews. Um, The NBA can do stuff on the courts. Players can wear stuff on their jerseys. Um, They can still make statements. But if you're not LeBron James and you're not Kyrie Irving, some of these players have to play to be able to have a platform. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree with all those points as well. Um, I think too, um, like people like Austin Rivers had said, you could donate salaries and other things like that to sort of use your platform um, to make change. If you donated to black lives matter charities and uh, things like that. Um, So Jared, how likely do you think it is that the NBA doesn't go back um, because of the opposition from players amidst um, everything going on? I think there's a 0% chance that they don't return. <laughs> I think they're, <laughs> if LeBron says that he wants to play, they're going to play, I think. Um, I think 
like Wyatt said, I'm I don't think that basketball in itself means it's going to be a distraction. Like you said, it could be a platform. Like Colin Kaepernick is a prime example. If he if he didn't have the NFL as his platform, I, he most likely would not have become as big of a figure as he is. Um, I I think part of the reason the protests now feel like a bigger moment than before is because of COVID-19 as well. Cause it feels like the rest of the world has stopped. There's not, this is like the, the thing that's going on besides COVID-19 and the protest. Think about the fact if the NBA is the only sport playing, like ML, maybe MLB doesn't come back. Maybe NFL and college football don't come back. If NBA is the only sport playing their their platform will be, I think enormous. Um, I'm also saying this as like a selfish sports fan. You know, I want live sports to come back. Um, but I also would say you can't ignore the fact that many of the high-profile names on this call are people with no realistic chance to to win the finals. You know, like it's Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Carmelo Anthony. Dwight Howard was the only, I think, the biggest name I saw that was on like a contending team, but he's not the star of that team. So I think that's... It's not something to overlook. And I, I saw somebody point this out. Um, I think Kyrie, like, like Wyatt said, Kyrie's sentiment is correct. But yeah, it's going to be just sitting out to sit out. And Kyrie is not correct about everything, I don't think. Like he's like the system. He said the system is designed to divide us. But like the the high, the in terms of like um, their pay, the 150th highest paid player. So it's 30 teams with five starters, like theoretically is still making $8 million. You know, I, I don't, I'm not like a hundred percent convinced that the system is designed to, to divide the highest paid players or the, the big money makers. I don't know if anybody, any, what anybody else thinks about that, but um, Aiden, what do you, do you think the NBA will take any steps to address uh, the players concerns? Uh, I'm not sure on this one. Uh, I think, well, there, there are two like categories of concern at the moment right or two main categories and that's coronavirus related concerns and black lives matter related concerns on the coronavirus front i think they'll take you know at least some easy steps like i I know some players are asking for um insurance policies especially like some of the star players young star players are looking for insurance policies in case they get injured or they you know contract something uh during this time to make sure that they're you know financially protected uh, and I'm sure there will be other coronavirus-related steps that we see as we get closer. On the BLM front, uh, it it doesn't seem to me like the NBA is going to take any real steps here addressing, you know, Kyrie and Avery Bradley and you know others' concerns. Um, Adam Silver said that returning is the best way to fight social injustice, so that appears to be the NBA's angle here, whether that's right or not. Um, and I, I think people will disagree on that, but I think they're going to take that approach and they'll definitely allow peaceful protests, which is, you know, they're definitely a, a better league on this front than like the uh, the NFL, for example. Um, so I, I have no doubt they'll, you know, give the players full like free speech and, and freedom to, you know, really uh, express, you know, how they feel about all of this. But I'm not sure they'll really take any concrete steps relating to this. Like I don't, I no way see the league saying like, you know, maybe we'll delay this or, um, you know, not play at all kind of thing because of this. I, I don't I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I think it would take larger like collective action on behalf yeah. of the players yeah. Um, yeah. who are represented uh, by the union and Kyrie. Like if it's 80 guys now based on that initial call, it would have to be, I think, a wider majority of the league to for the NBA to take any sort of 
larger action related to it. And like, yeah. if that's what it takes, then that's what it takes. But I, I can't see it at its current level of support. Yeah. Um, forcing the NBA to take any action, whether that be right or wrong. Well, yeah, I, 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 I don't think that action does action doesn't just mean we're not playing. There's a lot of other ways the NBA could address it. So I'm not as cynical mm-hmm. to think that like. I think there's a lot of other ways they could. I so Chris Broussard on Fox Sports was like they could, they could demand that the NBA hires, um, like more a, a higher percentage of black um, people in their management roles, things like that. Mm. It doesn't just have to be we're not playing. You know, I think there's other ways. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I hadn't really considered like yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I want to add real quick to what Jared was saying is that the league is actually going to bring in speakers into the Orlando bubble to speak with the players about positively Im- or ways that they can positively impact their communities. Uh, so that's another thing that I think the league has, has done or that they are doing um, to get change into there. And I also just think that Adam Silver, is a he's a player's commissioner. He listens to his players. I think that he has the trust of his players. I trust Adam Silver and what change that he, they're going to make. So I believe that the players really do want change in Kyrie Irving were to approach Adam Silver, VP of the Players Association or not, mm. I think that he would listen and then he would he would find ways to enlist change. Yeah, like like we've said before, if any of the leagues or any of the commissioners, I think the mm. NBA and, uh, and Adam Silver are like are the ones I would trust most to make any sort of meaningful change. That's fair. Yeah. All right. So Barb, um, to sort of finish off our conversation on this, could you see a scenario in which the NBA resumes? with only some of its players coming back if a bunch chose to sit out. Yeah, absolutely I could. In fact, I would probably say it's that's a lot more likely than either of the extremes where everybody's back or everybody is is protesting. Um, well, so yeah, consider for example, like you have to assume the NBA is ready for players to get sick and for players to start dropping out for that reason. So like for that alone, they must be okay with players sitting out. But even with it, like if the if the pandemic weren't happening, I think they would be okay with it. I mean, apparently teams have already been told that like you you are your players are allowed to um, like not come back and protest instead if there's just a mutual agreement. So that makes sense. I think at the end of the day, you're just not going to be able to convince everybody to join one side. Like it, it, it's completely valid, obviously, to to want to protest. But I think it's also valid enough to want to like play and for some guys it's literally just a matter of money you know because the lower paid guys especially um are going to be losing like a decent chunk of their salary if they don't play so i, I yeah I, I just think there will be a lot of guys who feel strongly about both sides and so it's probably just going to end up being you know there's going to be factions basically some will sit out and some won't but i think the nba is going to have to be okay with that and that's probably what's going to end up happening all right, now let's shift our focus to the Premier League, which is returning today. Uh, as a lot of you may know, the Bundesliga returned a few weeks ago. La Liga returned recently as well. And now the Premier League, which will be arguably the highest profile sports league to return as it comes back. Uh, so we want to talk about, well, just take, take our picks on some teams that are worth watching as the season closes out um, after this intermission. So I'll get us started. Uh, the team that I want to highlight is Tottenham. Um, Completely random, completely arbitrary. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, Tottenham is cool. For, well, all right. So for one, I'm gonna I'm gonna just make the claim of like the mom who watches uh, or who picks tournament bracket t- teams based on like mascots. I do like Tottenham's <laughs> jersey colors, so that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But I also have valid reasons for picking them. So I know they lost against Norwich in a pre-return friendly match. Uh, I think it was on Saturday, but they were winning the game. Uh, 
for some reason, the game consisted of four 30-minute sections, which is 30 minutes more than a normal game. So they were winning through the first three, and then they put in backups, and then they gave up two goals in the last section, but that was like overtime anyway. So it seems like they're back to form. Harry Kane is back. Hungman's son is back. So those are like two of their best, definitely their two best players, actually. They were both injured. Um, they were 11, 8, and 10 prior to the, the intermission. Uh, it seems to me like they were underperforming anyway. But now that their two best players are back, I mean, Harry Kane and Hungman's son are, are both beasts. So I think they're going to be a lot better now. Um, Mourinho, their coach, is like kind of known for being able to do do good things with the team after they've had an offseason. So I know it's not quite an offseason, and he hasn't been able to sign anybody. <laughs> but he's at least had a lot of time to like think about what the team should be doing and which players are better to start and whatnot. So I think that will help. And most importantly, their remaining schedule is pretty soft. Um, from what I can tell, they have seven winnable games out of nine. So I see them going somewhere between five, two, and two, and seven and two. Their only hard games are against Man City and Leicester, which are like the two and three seeds in the table right now. Yeah. But uh, I, I think they're going to be better than they were, and they don't have that many good teams left to play against anyway. So I, yeah. I, I like what Tottenham is, uh, is going to be giving us in this last leg. Um, yeah. Aiden, yeah. Who, who are you looking at? Uh, I'm going for the underdog here. I'm a sucker for a good underdog. Uh, Sheffield United, uh, they got they got promoted last year, uh, so that this is you know first season back in the top, and uh, they're a long shot to be number four at the moment to make the the Champions League. I think they're in they're tied for sixth, I want to say, um, but they're only five points off fourth place. So it's, they they definitely got a shot uh, with the remaining games left. Uh, they have a great defense, at least prior to the coronavirus, they had a great defense. Only Liverpool, who, yeah, I think I've heard of them, um, has uh, conceded fewer goals this season uh, than Sheffield United. So a really strong, uh, you know, appearance for Sheffield United in the Premier League this year. Uh, they're going to be competing with the Wolves and with uh, Manchester United for that that fourth seed. Uh, Man U is going to be pretty tough to, to beat out. They were streaking, at least prior to all of this. <laughs> Um, but I believe in Chef. Um, I, I think they're gonna, um, which I, we all, you know, I'm sure they call them that there. Um, but I, I think they're, I think they have a legitimate shot to take that fourth spot, and uh, I'm, I believe in them. So I, I think they're gonna take it. Yeah, I like the name Sheffield United. I don't know why it sounds cool. Okay. <laughs> um, my team is Everton FC. Lucas, the reason I picked them is because they're Liverpool's rival. Or, or <laughs> Liverpool is Everton's biggest rival. That's why I picked them. But it's a friendly rivalry, right? Um, they, they've been in the Premier League for 116 seasons, which is the most of any team. They have a .com website, not a .uk website, which, I, which appealed to me. Uh, and I saw an article <laughs> that the fans are already angry about the referee choice for the game against Liverpool because I guess he has like some Liverpool attachments. So I was like, this is hilarious. This is the team I need to be rooting for. I'm sure they'll be on TV. The Liverpool game will, you know, so. I considered West Ham United because the, the only British soccer fans I know are West Ham fans, but they also have a player named Jared with an O, but it's spelled with two R's. So, you know. That's why I didn't go with them because of that. Uh, there's also some cool that was names. All I needed. I took a yeah, Exactly. That's all I needed. And then I, other cool names are Aston Villa and Crystal Palace, but they just weren't very Crystal Palace or Aston Villa is not good, so I couldn't I couldn't root for them. Aston Villa Crystal, might be relegated. Yeah, for the they first might be relegated. Time in a long so. time, right? Like that's a that's another storyline to follow, y'all. 
Yeah. Yeah. And Jared, Everton is sponsored by Angry Birds. So if we're talking about like <laughs> teams that are sponsored, they're like short sleeve has Angry Birds on That's it. That's awesome. So. The blues, you know. I didn't realize All Angry right. Birds was still like an in thing. That's yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The movie, the, or like the multiple Angry Birds movies, have been like box office smashes. Really? I looked at something the other day. Because, <laughs> there are multiple. Well, oh, that's yeah. Wild. Okay. How did the Angry Birds movie do well, but the Emoji movie was terrible? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I think the music is cueing us to get into short stories. Um, we're gonna start with you, Wyatt. What's your short story? Uh, both Madden and 2K announced their next games they showed um the trailers of it which is basically if it's a 2k trailer it's just one player looking super sweaty and then they get really close to the sweat and then the madden player is the same trailer that they've been playing for the last like 10 years or so so i just i'm i'm just here to announce that i'm holding my excitement for any new madden or 2k games because i honestly feel like they've been garbage the last couple of years so i'm 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 calling out ea and I plan to hold them accountable for what they've done to my beloved 2K and Madden games. That's my short story. <laughs> the sports world needs needs um, competitors, like companies that have the rights to make Honestly, those games though. as well. Yeah. NFL 2K back in the day? Yeah. That's yeah. good cool. stuff. Rip to that. Yeah. That I mean, yeah, I guess one of their line biggest. <laughs> yeah. But... Uh, vaguely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, re- I remember going to Blockbuster to rent NFL 2K back in like 2003. <laughs> yeah. So, back in 1880. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Me, uh, I'm only I'm only 22 for uh, like a week, so gotta true, hold on to my true. youth while I have it. <laughs> um, so, my short story this week is about the recent 30 for 30s um, that ESPN mm. has been releasing. Um, since the last dance, they came out with, uh, one on Lance Armstrong and one called Long Gone Summer, which is about Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa's, uh, chase to break the home run record in 1998. Uh, they also came out with one, um, about Bruce Lee, I think. Yeah. Um, anyway, about Bruce Lee. So there was a third one. Um, but I want to focus on the last dance, Lance and Long Gone Summer together because, They've all had the same focus on, like, win-at-all-costs type of athletes. I think the Jordan one is less destructive in this case. Like, he's clearly obsessed to an unhealthy degree with winning, but he didn't cheat to get there. He, you know, might have broken some personal relationships along the way. (laughs) But I don't think it's as destructive as the other two. So both in the Lance Armstrong documentary and Long Gone Summer, it showcases athletes um, who use performance-enhancing drugs to rise to the top of their games. And in both cases, while these negative aspects were sort of highlighted at the end, they weren't presented in an altogether negative light, especially in the Long Gone Summer one, where it was like, these two guys saved baseball. Like, it was great. Like, after the 94 Hmm. strike, um, there weren't fans, and then, like, this summer happened. And, like, while that may be true, even though I think there were some other factors, you know, the Yankees becoming a dynasty again and all that. Um, <laughs> take any opportunity to flex, won't you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but so, and there was some criticism in the Lance Armstrong case, too. But, like, again, it wasn't wholly in a negative light. All the guys sort of presented it as, well, you know, everyone was doing it. So, like, how could we not? And then it was just sort of, like, left after that. <clears throat> Um, and while there is, I think, an argument to be made with the, well, if everybody's doing it, how bad that it is, I don't know if it's necessarily 
I think you should present it in a proper context, and I don't think these documentaries did a good job of doing it, and I think it just ended up glorifying people who, in some ways, cheated to win. Mm. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I just think that was an interesting take to have on, like, all of these, and just, like, this win-at-all-costs mentality around throwing them. But, again, I'm not a pro athlete, and maybe this is why, because (laughs) I don't necessarily respect the win-at-all-costs mentality. You just don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I don't. Did they, did they like ever uh, like examine like the th- the argument that they should have never outlawed performance enhancing drugs and they should have just made anything legal basically to like kind of get around that? No, which I think is, they they talked about how they like retroactively made things illegal, but that was like one sentence in it. And I don't like oh, okay. again. I don't think that's necessarily a bad argument to make about steroids, but like it, it was just so contextless, like. Mm. That I think it, I don't know, some of it got lost. Gotcha. But with that, we're going to finish up today with our classic segment, Cash or Trash. You know the drill. Two of our hosts will be presented with a scenario, and they will have to cash or trash that statement. So we'll start off with you, Jared. You're going to turn tune into a round of golf now that the sport is resumed, <laughs> the latest sport to come back in America. Nope. That's a trash. Um, I tried to watch the match with Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, you know, Tiger Woods and Phil, but I watched the first 45 minutes of it and they still hadn't even started yet. So I'm giving up on golf. Sorry. I I, I already know Bart's going to agree on this too, right? There you go. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's a dumpster truck. It's, it's a garbage disposal. However you want to phrase it. You know my stance on golf from a few episodes ago, and this is this is absolutely not changing. This is the hill I'm, I'm probably going to die on. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Next up, let's start with you, Wyatt. Do you think Bronny James, who was just ranked as the 23rd best player in his class of 2023, do you think he'll be a first-round NBA pick? I'm going to go with Cash. And at first, when I read this, I thought it said first overall NBA pick, but... I'm not, I don't think he'll he'll be the number one. I think that he will be somewhere within the first round. He actually is a pretty decent basketball player, and not to say that he's going to get anywhere because his dad is LeBron James, but I think that that doesn't hurt his situation by any chance. So, in a combination between that, um, he'll probably go to like Duke or something like that. I think he'll he'll move be in the right way to uh, move his stock up as much as possible. So I'm going with Cash. Yeah, I agree entirely. Actually, so. I think I almost want to say that by virtue of being LeBron's son alone, he might be a first round pick. Like it's like the Lonzo ball effect, like on steroids. But I, I also from like what, from what I've read, he's actually like a pretty good player and he's still so young. I think by, by the time that draft comes around, he'll have gotten bigger and stronger. And so like more athletic, well, apparently that's like one of his bigger flaws right now. He's already apparently a really good shooter and he's already apparently a really, really good passer, which like you would expect from LeBron's son. So I think he'll actually probably be like, I wouldn't be surprised by top ten, actually. Um, perhaps we should book it. I don't know. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I mean, I'll book a top ten on that. <laughs> um, having the best player in the NBA, arguably as best player in NBA history as your coach, like that's gonna set you up. <laughs> right. So. Yeah, I think it's gonna come down to whether he can like get built like LeBron because that. Yeah, that's just true. yeah naturally get athletic, which he but LeBron would. James wasn't yeah. wasn't built going into the league. He, he's definitely put on a lot of muscle throughout time. Yeah, that's yeah, true. That's so he doesn't true. have to be yeah. that built. He was, a, right he was pretty skinny, yeah, coming up. Yeah. yeah. It's a lanky boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, okay, yeah, moving on. The MLB will return this season. Aiden, cash or trash? I'm going to cash it. Maybe this is wishful thinking. I've been on a roller coaster on this. I like. I was a definite cash, like, initially, um, mm. especially after, you know, Rob Manfred said he thought there was a 100% chance that baseball would be played this season. Then, like, three days later, he's like, <laughs> mm, I'm not confident anymore. Yeah. And, like, nothing had changed. <laughs> after, like, uh, Manfred had and the MLB had proposed their latest um, uh, proposal for returning, the players had rejected it, but they were like, the league has the, the right to set the schedule we're ready to play. Just tell us when and where. And now they totally call the MLB's bluff because that's all that has changed. And the MLB is now like, mm, I don't know. Are we going to come back or not? We'll see. <laughs> and the players' response has been, we'll be there. We've heard a ton of owners whining on TV and the radio about how non-profitable a baseball franchise is, which is not true given how much the average worth has grown over the past two decades. But anyway, yeah. I'm going to cash it. We'll see. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going to cash it as well. Uh, to your point, the MLB mm-hmm. generates more revenue than the NBA does. Yep. Like that, you know, it's, it's part of it's because they're playing twice as many games, but still. Yep. Um, <clears throat> it sounds like the players would bud, are going to budge first if it ever comes down to it. Yeah. I mean, cause it sounds like the owners are willing to just be like, well, we won't even play a season at all this mm-hmm. year if it comes down to yeah. it. Where that's more destructive for players than owners, I think. Yeah. So I think they'll come to turns eventually, and it will return. Uh, Wyatt, I'll start with you on this next one. Uh, Former Wake Forest wide receiver Matt James was recently announced as the next Bachelor. Uh, So cash or trash that he will find love on the show? I'm going with cash. And because (laughs) if there's one thing that I know that the Bachelor is good at is finding true, genuine love. Um, okay. And I think that Matt James is in a good position to finally find the woman that he's been looking for. Because, um, I mean, what better show to do it than a reality, D- reality TV show? In fact, the most popular reality, t- reality TV show, The Bachelor. So cash. Yeah, I'm also going to cash this one. I knew uh, one piece. <laughs> He's attractive. He seems like a good dude. He he gives food tours in New York City for underprivileged kids, which is a niche market, <laughs> but yeah. a good market all the same. Um, his his stats at Wake Forest were were middling, uh, but that was largely due to injuries, so we're not going to fault him for that. Um, and thank God he's not Pilot Pete from last season, who is just I. I will watch anyone other than him. I'm I'm just so glad it's someone else. Um, and, and God willing, this time uh, the outcome won't be spoiled by an unnamed host of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yes. I just want. I was going to say this is the second Bachelor appearance. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I, oh, sorry. I was just wondering. You mentioned his middling stats. Um, is there an implication mm-hmm. there that that better players are are worse matches or better matches, or or were you just? Better players yeah, deserve to, to find love more. Yeah, <laughs> people who are better at sports deserve love more than most. Of us. That's what I'm trying to say here. If that wasn't clear, totally understandable. <laughs> but anyway, uh, moving on. So we've got uh, Philippe Coutinho will return to Liverpool this off season. Lucas, cash or trash that one? Yes. Before I get into it, I do want to say that I am, in fact, the unnamed <laughs> spoiler, just in case for all those people who haven't been consistent listeners over the years. 
um, years, weeks. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I am going to trash this take. Um, so there have been reports that Philippe Coutinho, who used to play for Liverpool, expressed interest in returning after kind of being awful at Barcelona and Bayern Munich. But I don't think there's any chance this happens. He sat out, like he refused to play and stay on the injured reserve list so he would get a move out of Liverpool. I think there's bad blood there. Plus now he's just like a worse and older version of himself. So why would you invest in someone like that when you can just invest in someone new and better who didn't screw over your team? Bart, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. It's a trash. I was actually a little bit torn at first because like part of me just wants to think that, you know, Jurgen Klopp can can like show some pity basically and, you know, you know, do him a favor kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just don't think like he he's he's not good necessarily. Um, Liverpool is easily the best team in the Premier League. There's no reason they would sign him and they can get a bunch of better players instead. So, yeah, I agree. Trash. Next up, Aiden, let's start with you. Christian Hackenberg will successfully transition to baseball. Cash or trash? That is a hard trash on this one. Um, we're going we're gonna to briefly go through his stats as a high school relief pitcher. <laughs> we, we've all seen him at this point. 25 and two-thirds innings, 33 strikeouts. Very impressive. Also, 40 walks and five hit-by-pitches for an ERA of 736. Uh, that's that's going to be a big oof. And, like, we, we all know he has, you know, he has some kind of arm. Uh, but he's not really known for his work ethic either. So, like, that seems to be pretty important here when he's adopting a new sport that he hasn't played since high school. Um, so, I'm, I'm definitely not sold on this one. I'm going to trash it. Um, <laughs> Lucas, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm going to trash it as well. There's never been, like, a better example of someone failing to live up to their hype at every stage of, like, their <laughs> career. And I, and I think this is just going to, like, be another example of it. <laughs> he was, like, the best high school quarterback yeah, in the country yeah. in high school. And, like, and then he went to Penn State and was, like, mediocre. But, like, he had the intangibles. So he got drafted by Aiden's Jets. And then he underperformed even, like, low expectations. Like, I don't see any reason, like Aiden said, based on his stats, that he won't be just as bad. He's, like, trying to be Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow was at least good at football in the first place. <laughs> and, like, he made, like, a, a decent transition to minor league baseball, and I just don't see anything with Hackenberg turning out in any possible way. Harsh. Dang. <laughs> Hard, harsh, but true. Yes. Why, um, why is it that NFL quarterbacks are the only players who transition the most into baseball? Like Russell Wilson, Tim Tebow, Hackenberg, yeah. Kyler yeah. Murray, who played it, yeah, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, yeah. who played it. Well, it seems like being a, a pitcher actually helps you play quarterback. Yeah, that's what... Yeah, yeah. Just like a stronger arm, I guess. Yeah. 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 Alright, so we're going to stay with football. Um, and... Jared, you have the next one. Colin Kaepernick will be signed this offseason. Cash or trash? I'm going to go with trash because I think there's a lack of trust between the two parties. There's two reasons why I think this. First, like Kaepernick sued the NFL and, and received money from them. So the, I, I'm sure there's a lot of bad blood with the owners and, and that. You know, they, they probably think he got his money already. They don't want to bring, really bring him back into the league. Also remember when he had that tryout, I believe it was last year, originally scheduled at the Falcons facility, then Kaepernick didn't like the 
he felt like the language and the waiver that he had to sign was going to screw him over. So he he streamed his own workout like three hours before. They announced it like three hours before. And so everybody was like, this is a publicity stunt. Um, Kaepernick felt like he wasn't going to get a fair tryout um, on the NFL side. So there's clearly like just not trust between the two parties. So I don't really see it happening. Um, Lucas, what do you think? Um, I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to slightly trash it. The NFL has said some things like vaguely in support. Goodell said he like he hopes he gets signed. And there are some like circumstances that might be more in his favor. The social climate, I think, is more favorable. Like his protests have in many ways been vindicated. Um and there are plenty of teams in the NFL for whom signing Colin Kaepernick would be an upgrade on at least their backup, like quarterback position, if not their starting quarterback yeah. position. But for most of the reasons that you said, I don't think it happened, even though it probably should. Um, I don't think any owner is basically has enough courage to do it and like take the leap i don't think there's enough trust between the two parties so like as sad as it is i don't think it'll end up happening um and we're gonna finish off cash or trash on our show uh with you wyatt so cash or trash the pelicans will make the playoffs if the nba returns uh trash in fact i'm gonna take it a one step further I don't think that there will be any change whatsoever when it comes to the playoffs as far as that number eight seed goes. Mm-hmm. I don't think that there are any team, especially in the Eastern Conference, I think it's only one team, if I remember, it has an opportunity to make it. They're not going to make it. And I think that it's going to be really fun to watch the Pelicans play in those eight games and maybe the play-in tournament, but I don't think that they're going to be the team to make it in the playoffs out of all of those teams who are eligible. I agree um, with the trash part. I don't know that I'm nearly as confident that there will be no change. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just think the, the Grizzlies have always been, like, a gritty team, right? Obviously, like, the, the grinders are, are all, like, gone or retired or whatever. But, like, I don't know. I just personally like Ja and Jaron Jackson a lot. I think they're going to be able to, to keep that eight seed. They're, I think they're, like, two and a half, three and a half games ahead of the next closest team. I think in eight games they can retain that. Although, like, this kind of blew me away. Uh, Zion, Brandon Ingram, and Drew Holiday are all averaging more than the Grizzlies' leading scorer, Jaws. So, low-key, that Pelicans offense is really potent. I will say the Pelicans will definitely be in the playoffs next year. And if yep. they go into a, a play-in tournament in this season, I don't know that I would be willing to bet money on either of them, them or the Grizzlies, but I still think the Grizzlies will hold on to it. Nice. Good takes. That's going to conclude our episode. Thank you guys for listening. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Follow us at Twitter at Media. That's Y-O-U, Media, And um, watch some Premier League games and then tune in next Wednesday. Um, thank you guys for joining us. Have a good week.